0: lift our hands to the Lord right now and just receive a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in our lives just right where you are that wait on the Lord will renew their strength like an eagle. Just lift the wings of your spirit right now and let the Holy Spirit come and lift you. You know, we, we really are not citizens of this earth. This isn't our home. This fallen, broken world is not our home. Bible says that we are citizens of heaven that's where we belong we're pilgrims in an unholy land we're not of this world even though we're in this world we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light from the kingdom and realm of Satan to the kingdom and realm of his own dear son There's there's different spiritual laws that are in operation in our lives now. We are no longer bound by the laws of sin and death. But we are now living in a new realm, a new kingdom. A kingdom that is one of spirit, freedom, anointing, liberty. We've got to make the translation. Our spirits have been translated from one kingdom to the other, but our minds must be renewed. We need to catch up with who we are. You are a born-again Christian. You are, you are a new creation. You're not who you used to be. God, send the kingdom of heaven into this place afresh, into our lives. We plug into the things of the glory we step out of the things of the natural lift us up Lord where we belong seated in heavenly places we take that step of faith to connect with who we are and where we're from we pray that prayer Lord let your will be done Let your kingdom come, as it is in heaven, right now, in heaven there is glory, right now in heaven there is angelic worship and activity, right now in heaven there is freedom and liberty, there's no bondage, God send the power of the kingdom amongst us tonight, Lord, send the spirit of deliverance amongst us to deliver us from those things that entangle us in this world. We cut the cords of the enemy that anchors us in this flesh realm. Why don't you go ahead and begin to worship him in other tongues. As the Spirit gives you utterance, not just the tongues you normally speak in, Let the Holy Spirit give you the utterance. That's right, shake the dust of this earth and its kingdom off your feet right now. rivers of living water out of your innermost reservoir fill your people Lord fill their innermost reservoir with your Holy Spirit You said in these last days you'd pour out your spirit and we're asking that you will pour out your spirit and fill us out of your innermost reservoir will flow rivers just let it flow Let there be rivers flowing tonight. Father, send your angels amongst us to do the Spirit's bidding. Stir up the angelic activity in this place, just like when those waters in the pool of Siloam were stirred by angels and a healing anointing came, we pray that angels, Father, to do the bidding of the Spirit. Let those angels, Lord, begin to stir the waters of the Spirit in this place today. Take authority of every demon. Take authority over every demon work, every demonic spirit at work. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we rebuke you. You and your schemes, we're not ignorant of them. We break your contamination in this place. Demonic contamination. We cast you out of this temple today. Leave your people, you foul, lying, oppressing spirits. In the name of Jesus, we come against you. We rebuke you, Satan, in this place today. Tell you to leave God's people that the anointing might flow unhindered by flesh or demon we command the blessing we command the blessing we command the blessing of God to flow Jacob's ladder Jacob's ladder let there be angels ascending and descending into these people's lives tonight father I pray Something of the super, to come on the natural. Something of the super, to come on the natural, supernatural. Soaring like eagles. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Worthy of all praise, worthy of all honour, worthy of all glory. Worthy of praise. Thousands of angels surround your throne, O Lord, and they are praising you right now. May there be a connection between heavenly praise and earthly worship by the Spirit. Lord, Spirit, connect us to what's going on in our home, in heaven. Connect us to our home. Connect us to our home, Holy Spirit. Let there be free movement between the heavenly realm and the earthly realm in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the name of God's only begotten Son. Let the glory flow. Let the presence flow. Let the encouragement flow. Let the liberty flow. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, take authority over the spiritual atmosphere of this city. It shall not enter this temple tonight. Those spirits in London, you have no power in this place tonight. You have no power over God's people tonight. We affront you in the spirit. We challenge you in the spirit realm tonight and we tell you to loose your grip and hold. You are not our master, we are your master, in Jesus' name tonight. We do war in the heavenlies, freedom in the heavenlies, Oh, glory to God. Power to the name of Jesus. Oh, God, let the name manifest itself tonight. Let the name manifest itself. The name which is above every other name. Let it manifest itself tonight. The name of Jesus. We call on the name of Jesus for delivering power. Oh, hallelujah. Pour it on him. Pour your worship on his feet right now. Pour it on him. Like that woman, the prostitute. When Jesus came into that house, Simon the Pharisee didn't even kiss him, didn't embrace him, didn't even welcome him. And he was offended at a prostitute who poured her of thanksgiving and worship and love on the feet of the Master. Are we too proud? Are we too proud to pour it on Him? Pour on Him the worship and the adoration. Glory. Pour it on Him. Pour it on Him. Pour it on Him like perfume. Is he not worthy? Is he not worthy of every breath, of every praise, of every word that you can give him right now? Is he worth it? Don't hold back. Don't hold back your best offering of praise. Don't be like Simon the Pharisee, welcoming him at arm's length. But be like the woman who washed his feet with tears of love. For he who is forgiven much, will love much. Oh glory, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. Don't be passive, be active. Be active. It's not about us, it's about him. It's not about our feelings, it's about his feelings. Blessing the Lord and praising the Lord. Glorifying the Lord, and causing, praise, worship, changing, changing the atmosphere, worthy of all praise, worthy of all glory, let it go, let it go, let it flow, is he not worth 5, 10, 15 minutes of your attention tonight, praising in the spirit, worshipping in the spirit, Oh, glory to God. When the praises go up, the glory comes down. When the worship ascends like incense, the power will flow. Deliverance, soundness of mind, cleansing of the soul. Oh, let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. Please take your seats. Do you feel a bit lighter tonight? (laughs) Hallelujah. Things have already been been done in our lives. Hallelujah. I have a prophetic word I want to deliver to you tonight. If you have your Bibles, you might turn to Matthew chapter 14 and verse 20 following. And speaking prophetically about Peter walking on the water, Matthew chapter 14, verse 20, straight after the feeding of the 5,000. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments that remained. Now, those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea. Tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And When Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. I felt the Holy Spirit impressed this account in my heart, and that out of it, there would be some prophetic uh, touch that would affect people's lives in this building today and watching on the internet always see things in context, and the context of Peter walking on the water and the storm, if you look beforehand, they just come out of an incredible miracle of provision. The feeding of the 5,000. The people were hungry, and the disciples said, we can't meet this need. Send them away. And Jesus said, well, what have you got? And they brought it to him, and you know the story he blessed the bread and the fish and everybody had more than they needed. I wonder how they felt at the end of that day apart from being very full. What a wonderful prosperity can we use that word? I think we can. A wonderful moment of prosperity, provision, glory. What a wonderful conference type feel that was I mean victory was in the house miracles was in the house provision prosperity how wonderful and uh, sometimes we find ourselves in these broad places where we get the provision not just enough but more than enough enough to take home God is more than enough he doesn't just fill your cup my cup runneth over can you imagine going into someone's house and they say to you, Would you like a nice glass of whatever your favorite is? And you hand them your glass and and they pour. And sometimes when you do that, people go, Whoa, don't they? They go, whoa. Like, you know. Imagine someone go, whoa, and you just keep pouring, whoa, no, no, that's enough. No, that's that, that's too much, that's too much. And they just keep pouring and it begins to overflow onto your hand and onto the carpet. That's what God's like. Cup overflows. And God gives us these seasons. And these moments of being in broad places of absolute blessing, prosperity, and superabundance. But he doesn't leave us there. He doesn't leave us there. And notice that after this, after this wonderful time, Jesus said, you know, I need to go and be with my father. I- I'll catch you up. You go ahead. And he sent his disciples ahead of him. Little did they know that they were coming out of the place of prosperity and superabundance into the trial of the storm. And you need to realize that Jesus is the same during the period of superabundance as he is in the storm. And they didn't know that yet. When everything was wonderful, when all the needs were met, when it was prosperity times prosperity times prosperity then Jesus was Lord. But they needed to know something deeper. They needed to know that Jesus is Lord everywhere and at any time. And that even when he doesn't appear to be close, in whatever ways he appears to be close, he still knows what's going on. Part of me wonders whether he wasn't going to pray because he knew the storm that they were going to face. Part of me thinks I'm going to send the disciples as a storm going, but I'm going to go up and pray because one day they're not going to have me anymore. I'm going to be ascended to my father and I'll be on the great Mount Zion in heaven. Not this mountain, but Mount. And they need to know that when I ascend to my father, what am I going to be doing? I'm going to be interceding for them. I'm going to be praying for them. They won't have me bodily with them, but they'll know that I am with them in an even more powerful way. I'm in them with them with prayer. Do you know Jesus is praying for you right now? I mean, he is praying for you right now. Your name is on his lips. My name is on his lips. No matter what goes on, no matter what we face, Jesus will pray us through. Even if we can't make it, he will come and Lift us up when we're drowning. Hallelujah. It's just one big training camp and we can't lose. The Lord spoke to me once, and I still quite haven't quite got hold of it. He said to me, He said, Son, it's just one big game, and I want you to have fun. And my reaction was just like yours. I thought, What? Well, it's a funny game. But then I realized, wait a second, what he's saying is the pressure's not on me. That he wants me to be in a position and you into a position where we're so in faith and know that God is so in control that, like children, we can play in the playground. That we can move forward knowing that even when we make mistakes, even when we make serious mistakes, he's still in control, he's still ordering our lives. And he wants us to meet things with joy. So here he is, he's praying. And and they're away and the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by waves for the wind was contrary. A few hours ago, everything was wonderful. It was a wonderful season. Now everything was contrary. Have you ever been in a place where the wind is just contrary in your life? Everything you're trying to do, the opposite is happening. You try to rise up, you get pushed down. You try to go left, you get pushed right. You try to go forward, you get pushed back. And it seems that everything is against you. Nothing seems to be going right. And yet you know that God has got a course for you to charter. You know that he wants you to get to the other side of this sea that you're in. But everything is pushing you away from the destiny that was made so clear to you. Jesus said, I'll see you on the other side. And from the moment they got into their boat, all the forces of the the wind and the sea were trying to stop them getting to the other side. Don't be surprised that when God speaks to you a prophecy that your journey don't be surprised if it's not like this journey. When you've been around a, a little while and God gives you a word, you begin to sort of like, oh, okay. And when God gives you a victorious word or a victorious prophecy or shows you something, you know, in the in the early days I used to get it, I used to think it was going to happen the next day. Yeah, you've been there. But now, when you get this, you go, oh, all right. Okay, so there's your plan for me. Well, I know there's going to be some contrary winds. That's why you've told me that I'm going to get to the other side. That's why God gives us prophecies and words so that we can chart the course What sort of person goes into the sea in a boat and doesn't know where he's going and just, well, maybe the Lord will lead me. You plot the course and God plots our course and lets us know. Sometimes he just tells us the next mile. Sometimes he tells us, you're going to go right across the Atlantic, as it were. And you think, what? And he shows you the far end. And you think, oh, is that going to happen tomorrow? No, there's an unveiling, a timing in this. But the Holy Spirit is saying that there's some people that can understand that they are in a situation where they're saying, Why, Lord? I don't understand, Lord. Or you've been in a situation where the winds are contrary. It's like it shouldn't be like this. It's not in God's word. It's not in God's plan. This isn't the way it's meant to be. It wouldn't be like this in heaven. This isn't heaven's will. Your will be done, your kingdom done, your your kingdom come, as it is in heaven. This isn't heaven. And there's contrary winds. But know this, God has got purpose even in the contrary winds. I don't know about you, but there's things I've been through in my life I never want to go through again, ever. But I'm glad I went through them once. (laughs) Because if I hadn't got through got through them, if I hadn't faced those things, I wouldn't be the man I am today for good and I wouldn't know the God that I know and how powerful he is, I wouldn't know it I would be shallow God doesn't want us just to paddle in the shallows of who he is on planet earth he wants us to go right into the deep and these guys were right in the deep they weren't in the shallows because they could have just jumped out of the boat and, 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 and got to shore and say, we'll go out later. They were in the deep. Where they, where they. It's like, you know, when you're learning to swim and when you're a little kid and you're learning to swim, it's all right as, as long as you know that you're just two dog paddles away from the side. And you can have great fun, just two dog paddles and I'm, I'm there, I'm safe. But you know, when you do your first width, I'm not even talking about length, when you do your first width as a child, and you get three dog paddles, four dog, doggy paddles, and then all of a sudden you realize you're in the middle, and it's like, what do I do now? You're in a different place. You're in a place of maturity. You're growing as a swimmer. And these disciples were blessed. They, they understood prosperity, but here they were in the middle of this sea, and, and the Waves and the, the, the uh, wind was contrary. And the strange thing is, the next point I want to make, is their reaction when Jesus comes to them during the contrary period. Because you'd have thought that they were going, where's the Lord, where's the Lord? And you'd have thought they'd be looking far off for him. And then when they saw him walking on the water far off, you would think they'd go, we're saved Jesus is going to calm the storm again, and he's on his way. Look, there he is. But actually, the thing that frightened them most was not the storm. The thing that frightened them most was Jesus. Look. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, verse 25, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost, and they cried out, for fear. Think about that. Think about that. Sometimes the Lord will come to us in very strange ways. Sometimes he'll come to us and we think he's the devil. Seriously. We are so tossed and turned by the storm and we're saying why on earth did Jesus allow us to be in this situation? A few hours ago, we were eating fish and bread in the Glory Prosperity Conference. And now he's disappeared up some mountain. Maybe he had some inside knowledge. And here we are in this storm. But when Jesus comes to them, he comes to them in a form that they're not expecting. Listen to me. There's times that God will come to you In a form that you don't expect. Because God is unexpected. Colin said, I think, a few services ago that God was going to bring the unexpected. Don't think you know him as well as you do. One of the biggest dangers in our life is that we think we know him. Now I know we do know him, but we think we know him far better than we actually do. And that's not a rebuke, that's an invite. Because once you think you know somebody, what's the fun in finding out anything more? Those of us that have been married a few years, D, if you thought that you knew everything about your wife, well, where's the fun in that? But you know, as I know, each day, we discover new things, sometimes surprising, because a human being, you can it takes a, a whole lifetime to know a human being. You can't just pigeonhole someone. You can't just say, oh, I met that. And Jesus, Jesus is so glorious that the moment we think we figured him out, what an awfully boring place to be spiritually. Do you hear what I'm saying? And this is an attitude of mind. Because if you make the Lord in your own image, that's all you'll get. I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying, I think we think we know him better than we do. I think we think we understand him better than we, than, than, than we do. I think we think we've got the Lord figured out. We've got him doctrinally hedged in. And you know, there's so many different sides of the beauty of the person that is Jesus. So many different sides. There's loving, graceful sides. And scary sides. Have you ever been scared by the Lord? <laughs> you will being scared by the lord is wonderful i mean when the fe- when i'm not saying i've had strong experiences of the fear of the lord because i haven't because that's one of the things that's lacking in the church today but when i when i've had moments or experiences small experiences of the fear or the terror of the lord You say, the terror of the Lord, that's right, Hebrew speaks about the terror of the Lord. You say, that sounds really negative. On the contrary, when you touch the fear of the Lord, it's like a blind drunk man sobering up in an instant. And that is a good feeling. One Thessalonians says, be sober and alert, meaning that spiritually we can be drunk and all over the place. And when we, when we think we got it all worked out and everything's fine, and a little touch of the fear of the Lord is just what you need, sobers you up. It's a wonderful thing. It's, it's a healing, sanctifying thing. And a lot of preachers are preaching about the grace of God. And we believe in the grace of God. I wrote a book on the grace of God. No more law. You don't get any more grace than that. No more law. What, even a little bit? No, none. What, you know, just a little bit? No, none. No more law. None. But that doesn't mean that God is some sort of ice cream vendor just here to pander to our need. Now, he'll be there when you need him. He's Yahweh, remember? He'll be what you need him to be wherever you are. And if if he needs to be the sort of father figure just holding you because you're frightened and kissing you and loving you, he'll be that. If that's what you need, not what you want, what you need. But if he needs to give you a good hiding, put you over his knee and give you a good hiding, that's what he'll do. Well, I don't want that. It's not what you want, it's what you need. How many people have ever had a good hiding from the Lord? God, (laughs) you will. I've had some great hidings from the Lord. Did you enjoy them? No. Are you glad they happened? If they hadn't happened, I'd have been shipwrecked. See, I'm already talking about some things that you've not been thinking about recently, about the Lord, which is what I'm trying to say. Don't second-guess the Lord. Yes, he's in his word. Yes, he'll never be nothing, but he's many things in the word, isn't he? One minute, he's like, Simon! Simon, this is not flesh and blood, Simon! Simon! Simon, you did it. You heard from the Father. Yes, you're the first person to truly recognize that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. Wow. Next moment, get behind me, Satan. Oh, how wonderful, how exciting, how glorious. A Jesus that can't be typecast, that can't be fitted into your personality, you're soft, you're soft, so Jesus must be soft. You're hard, so Jesus. Have you seen those people? They're so soft that Jesus would never judge anybody, even though he patently does. And then you get people who are so legalistic that Jesus is judging everybody all of the time. <laughs> and he comes to them in a form they weren't expecting, and they didn't recognize him in the trial. Often in difficult times, it's hard to recognize where the Lord is. That's all right. That's part of his plan. And sometimes in the trial, he will come to you in circumstances, through situations, and you'll think, is that the Lord? And at the time, you think, this can't be God. And then you find out later it is. (laughs) I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. But he came to them, and they were frightened. They didn't, what's this about? Sometimes the greatest, sometimes, not always, sometimes the greatest trial is the greatest blessing. Sometimes man meant it for bad, but God meant it for good. I mean, look at all the times Jesus came to Joseph throughout his life. All part of the plan. And, every, and nearly every time Joseph said, That's the devil. This is the devil at work again. This is the devil at work again. He just gets himself back up. This is the devil. This is the devil. This is the devil. Is the devil. It was God. God preparing him for his ultimate journey so they didn't understand who he was now don't get too worried or too concerned you may be in a situation so well, I just can't find out I just can't see the Lord I can't discern his hand here I don't understand I know we just keep believing we just keep trusting I understand those things I just can't see his hand And if you say he's coming at me, if you say he's not left me, if you say he's working in these situations, I can't see it. And if that's him, I don't like it. If this is God, if God is involved in this in some way, even if it's the devil and God is using the devil for, I don't like it. I'm frightened. Is this God? Is this the devil? I really don't know what's going on. Well, verse 27. Jesus says, be of good cheer. Be courageous. It is I. Do not be afraid. That's the message for some people here today. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You've been through things before and you'll go through things again. And the God that got you through those will get you through this. And it's not about what you're facing or what you're not facing, whether you're in a time of great prosperity or you're going through winds of adversity. All of those things are temporary. Everybody say temporary. The trials are temporary. But Jesus is eternal. That's why we can be of good courage. And then we see Peter. And Peter, this is wonderful, says, Lord, let me be where you are. If it is you, command me to come on the water. You see, in that boat, there was a man-made protection. And they felt, as long as we stay in this boat, we're going to be all right. But this boat doesn't seem very secure. The waves are coming over. There's leaks in the boat. And we're sort of holding on to our earthly securities. That's what happens when a trial comes. That's what happens when a trial comes or a test into my life. I immediately grab the earthly comforts. And resources that I have. It's almost like it's just a human response. I grab hold of whatever there is to grab hold to steady me. And so they're grabbing hold of the earthly securities. But the earthly securities are not holding out. But what's the alternative? And then Peter sees the Lord. And he says, do you know what? The safest place to be is is not standing on a piece of wood in a boat, but to be standing on God's word. I need God's word in this situation. That's the only thing that will keep me afloat and stop me from drowning. God's word has buoyancy. It's like a buoyancy belt. When you find yourself up against it in the storms, in, in the winds are against you, and you're in the waves, and you feel you're slipping away, you feel like you're drowning, you feel like you're being submerged in whatever it is, The word of God, tie it round your waist. It's the belt of truth. But that belt of truth is a buoyancy belt. It's a buoyancy belt. You can't go under with the word of God round you. It will keep you floating. And so Peter said, I know what I need. I need a word. Oh, this is crazy. I need a word. I need something. Everything natural is failing. I need something super." Natural. I love that word supernatural it's natural but it's got super on it there's something on top there's something that's not from this earth there's something that's from heaven I need supernatural word so he says Lord if it's you give me a word and Jesus says come one word that's all it takes that God spoke to me a word during my deepest trial in my deepest life. He spoke me to a, a one word to me before I went into the trial. When He spoke me the word, it made no sense to me. One word, and that one word kept me afloat for nine months. When I had nothing else, when I wasn't reading my Bible, when I wasn't praying, when I'd given up, was ready just to walk away, one word from God kept me through. It wasn't come, but that was the word that he gave to Peter. And then Peter stepped out onto God's word. And walk towards Jesus. You know, when you walk on God's word, you're not walking nowhere. You might think you're in the storm. But when you begin to put God's word into action, when you begin to stand on it and allow it to feel the weight of your life. You see, you can have a word, but if you don't lean on the word... You're leaning on your own understanding and your own understanding is buckling and breaking you and some of you think that you're going to have a nervous breakdown or you're just going to backslide because you're leaning on your own understanding. When you get a word from God, lean on that word. I mean, not just a little lean, but put your whole weight of life on that word. It can take it. It can take it. It takes faith and trust in God who spoke it. It's not a lie of the enemy. God has spoken you these things, I say by the Spirit. It's not a lie of the enemy. They were God's word to you. He's not forsaken his word to you. Even though the winds are adverse against it, he's not forsaken his word to you. Lean on it. Lean on it totally. Abandon yourself on this word and you'll find that you are beginning to walk towards the Master. And he did. And he began to walk on the word which was come. The rhema word, come. And he was leaning on it. His whole body was on it. And he was supernaturally walking on the water that should have been drowning him. But the word was keeping him afloat. And he was not just being kept afloat, but he was in dominion in the storm. But then he's a human being. I don't know about you, but there's times when God gives me a word or I'm standing on God's word. And I'm like Peter. And I'm leaning on it, but every day you have to choose to lean again. And there's times when when God gives you the word and you're doing well, and then all of a sudden you just I call it spiritual fainting fits. Have you ever fainted spiritually? I can't I don't care to remember how many times that I regularly faint spiritually. <laughs> Peter fainted spiritually. It just got too much for him. It, it says, um, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, I mean, the wind looked at him and thought, right, we're going to get him. I mean, he had the word, he was there, but it just got too much. It got, And fear got in and it was, and what happened? He began to sink. He wasn't standing on that word anymore. He was panicking, crying out, that's all right because you're learning you're learning to walk on the word and there'll be times when you faint but don't think it's all over we're not some hyper faith teaching that you know you're sick because you don't have faith you're poor because you don't have faith oh it was working all well for you you were putting the 10 steps of faith but then you failed your confession was lost and it all broke down that's not christianity that's paganism new age What I'm saying is God gives you a word. It's a personal word from a personal God. And then when you faint, what happens behind me takes place. Jesus immediately, immediately will stretch out his hand and catch you. And I don't think he rebuked Peter. I think he encouraged him. I I, I mean, this is preaching, I suppose, but I think he was smiling when he pulled him up. This is the Lord... Peter had gone for it. All God's asking is you get out of the boat. Peter, what about the rest of them? And I think he grabbed the Peter and he pulled him up. I think he was smiling because the Lord, Lord was not worried. The Lord's not worried about you, by the way. The Lord's not worried. He's got you in his hand. He's got you in his hand. You're a special one. He's got you in his hand. He knows what, he's got you numbered and he knows who you are and he's not worried about you. And he picks Peter up, and I think he's smiling at him and saying, Oh, you have little faith, why did you doubt? Well, he wouldn't. He'd be, he'd be stronger from that, wouldn't he? Let's stand to our feet. The ministry team could come forward. I, I just delivered. That's a prophetic word I don't know. Sometimes when you deliver a prophetic word to musicians as well, it, it's many-layered It's like a scattergun. It hits somebody somewhere, somebody else somewhere. But that was the message the Holy Spirit, I believe, asked me to deliver tonight. But what we're going to do now, because I took time doing that, is we're just going to open up the floor for ministry. And uh, I said to those at the five, if you don't speak in tongues yet, if you haven't been baptized, the Holy Spirit speaking in other tongues. Come forward. We want to pray for you. But when we were worshipping the Lord earlier, something broke over us. And it's still broken, broke over us. There's an anointing here. An anointing for healing and an anointing for blessing. And so we're just going to worship the Lord. If you need to leave as we start the next song, if it's time for you to go, that's absolutely fine. But if you want to stay in the presence of the Lord for the next 10 minutes or so, or be prayed for in this atmosphere that we have, we're going to to do that for you right now. So if you need prayer with our trade ministry team, Feel free to leave your seats. If you just want to pray in the presence of the Lord or respond to the prophetic scattering of God's word today, you're very welcome. If you need to leave, God bless you. We'll see you next week.